You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On <clears throat> Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland, Titans fans. It is a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, and I have a big show planned for you guys today. First, we got two big national NFL stories on Tuesday that will eventually have an impact on the Tennessee Titans, so I'm going to break down both those stories and tell you what the Titans' outcome could potentially be with both of these topics, and then we are going to continue the 2021 Locked on Titans NFL Draft Preview. We have already discussed the quarterback position, the running back position, wide receiver, tight end, and offensive tackle, so today we conclude the offensive side of the ball by talking about the interior offensive line and it's a position that I think the Titans do need to address in the draft need to add some depth there and add some competition to the back end of the roster so I'm going to break down the top tier day one day two options for the Titans and also dive into some late round sleepers that would fit the Titans scheme perfectly so excited to dive into this under the radar need for the Titans today on a Wednesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it! Titans fans, as I said during the intro... On today's show, we will cap off the offensive side of the football as we go through the 2021 Locked on Titans NFL Draft Preview. If you missed any of the previous episodes, make sure that you go back and check those out. But also, you want to make sure that you don't miss any of our future episodes as we dive into the defensive side of the draft. Make sure that you follow the Locked on Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Also, check me out on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans and follow the new Facebook page at Locked on Titans Pod. But with that housekeeping stuff out of the way, let's dive into these two big news stories that popped up on Tuesday that will affect the Titans down the line. And number one has to do with voluntary off-season workouts. And as of Tuesday, three different rosters have decided to boycott those voluntary workouts. So first off, let me explain. Last offseason, impacted by COVID-19, they went all virtual in the NFL. All the offseason programs, the virtual offseason team activities and workouts, all of the things in the offseason leading up into training camp were done virtually. And basically, the Players Association in the NFL wants that to be the case this year as well, while the teams in the NFL want players to get back into the building. See, the team view of this is if players don't develop, they don't work out at the team facility in a normal off-season program, then the young players don't develop as much and the teams don't coesce as much. From the player's standpoint, a lot of veteran players especially, they don't need to go in and do that voluntary work anyway. They're going to work with their personal trainer. They're going to follow their experienced routine. They don't want to go into the team facility. So that's how they see it. Some players even see it as unprecedented 
paid work because they get paid per game. So that's kind of the two sides of the topic. And on Tuesday, the Denver Broncos, who were first, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their players, their players decided to officially announce their boycotting the voluntary offseason program. Now, of course, how will this impact the Titans? The Titans players have not come out and said what they will do one way or another, but the thing about these player movements is unity is what is most important, so it wouldn't be a surprise to me to see other rosters of players and every roster of players jointly decide to not participate in voluntary off-season workouts. Now again, This becomes an interesting dynamic because what this essentially is, is this is veteran players doing what they can to keep their jobs. If young players develop, what happens? They take the spots of older players. And who has more power in the player union? The younger players or the older players? Easy answer, it's the older players. So this is definitely something that not every player in the NFL will agree with. If the team calls you and says, hey, young man, you're going into your second year in the NFL. If you come in for these voluntary workouts, there's a good chance that you might get first team reps and could potentially be looked at as a starter. Well, what is your decision then? Are you going to keep your unity with the older veterans who are just trying to preserve their spot? It's an interesting dynamic and an interesting one to watch going forward. But again, right now it's just the Broncos, the Seahawks, and the Buccaneers whose players have boycotted the voluntary offseason workouts. Will the Titans do that? Something that remains to be seen, and I'll be certain to talk about that story and explain what's going on as soon as we get news. Speaking of that, another thing that we will have to watch is on the second topic that I want to discuss. And the Buffalo Bills, as a team, came out on Tuesday and announced that they will have full capacity fans back in the stands for 2021, but on this condition mandatory vaccine. You have to be vaccinated to go to the game. You have to show proof you've been vaccinated. Now, obviously there are a lot of different opinions on this matter outside of football that have nothing to do with football. And I'm not diving into that on this show with the time that we have. This is a Tennessee Titans podcast. But what I will say, I won't be surprised if a lot of professional sports teams adopt this model and adopt this philosophy, but what I will say is you do have to take your fan base into consideration. The Buffalo Bills have a rabid fan base, and there's probably a lot more demand for those tickets, quite frankly, than there is in Nashville for the Titans. And also, you have to take in the political leanings of the the city and the state and the place where you are. Things are different in western New York than they are in middle Tennessee, as they are different in northern Ohio, as they are different in southern Alabama. It's different everywhere. So taking in your personal situation is going to be what's key. But of course, again, like the previous story, we will monitor what the Tennessee Titans decide to do on both of these fronts, and I will make sure to cover that news as soon as we know. But we are going to dive into the next installment of the 2021 Locked on Titans NFL Draft Preview as we talk about the interior offensive line prospects. And I think it's a position that... 
we need to keep our eye on a little bit more than maybe conventional wisdom would tell us. But before we dive into that, I want to tell you guys about BuiltBar.com. Remember, Built Bar is putting out the best tasting protein bars ever. They have a ton of different flavors now. They really expanded upon their original six or original 12 flavors and then had the additional six to make a solid 18. But there are way more now, different textures with the chunk bar, the puff bars. I mean, anything you could ever want from your protein bar, you're going to find it at BuiltBar.com. And when you use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your next order. So use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off on the best protein bars in the galaxy at BuiltBar.com. We are going to dive into the interior offensive line draft class here in 2021 as we continue the Locked on Titans NFL Draft preview. Before we do, I got to remind you guys about the Locked On Today podcast. Get all of the biggest national sports stories every single morning in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast hosted by the great Peter Bukowski. It's basically like having the sports section read to you every morning. It pairs perfectly with your Tennessee Titans podcast as well. So make sure that you follow the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream and the Odyssey But we are going to dive into this position group. Now, a lot of these guys can play guard or play center. Some of them are going to be pigeonholed into one because of different things. Center, you can be a little bit smaller. You can have not as big of strength and size at the center position. You can be a little more mobile and survive in the right schemes. With guard, you do need to have a little bit more girth, a little bit more strength and power in your anchor. Uh, Some guys don't have the mobility to play center or the football IQ and the awareness as well. So different guys will fill different roles, but I think the Titans should be looking for a do-it-all guy either way. But here's what I do want to say. While I'm high on undrafted free agent Aaron Brewer, while it's nice to know that a guy like Ty Sambrillo can kick in and play guard, right now the Titans have Nate Davis, who's a young emerging player, but Ben Jones and Roger Saffold are both over 30 and have experienced injuries throughout the last few years that have had them uh, maybe not missing games like in Ben Jones's circumstance, but at least missing time, and Roger Saffold did miss a few games last year. So while I like the foursome of Brewer, Davis, Saffold, and Jones, You're playing with fire having an offensive line that old, and Aaron Brewer still at the end of the day is an undrafted free agent. So I think it would be wise for the Titans in the mid-rounds, maybe the fourth round, pick 126, maybe the fifth round, uh, looking at 166. Maybe it would make a lot of sense to go there rather than wait, but I think there are going to be some really good late-round options for the Titans. But we're going to dive into that to cap off the show. If the Titans, for some reason, do go with an interior offensive lineman early in the draft on day one or day two, This is kind of the list that they are going to be working with. Number one, my top-ranked interior offensive lineman is Elijah Vera Tucker from USC. Six foot four, great awareness. He's great at picking up stunts, 
picking up slants. Uh, he's patient. Keeps himself square and centered at all times. Has good experience. He's great with his feet. Can move around. He's a, Like I said, he's a reliable guy. He's going to be uh, steady from down to down. Not make a ton of mistakes. He played offensive tackle in 2020 after playing interior prior to that. So good versatility if you get in a pinch. And obviously, versatility along the offensive line is crucial. Now, he's not an incredible athlete. He's probably going to have to play guard at the NFL level. And coming out of the Pac-12, not a lot of top-tier talent in terms of defensive line. He went against uh, Thibodeau from Oregon, who's going to be a top pick next year's draft, and he didn't do so hot. So be curious to see how he levels up to the NFL, but should be a first-round pick. Next, you have Landon Dickerson from Alabama, a monster at six foot six, three twenty-six, but has good mobility for that size and incredible mentality as well. He just wants to kill people. Good finish will drive you into the ground. And great experience coming out of that pro-style Alabama system. He can pretty much do anything that's asked of him from a scheme standpoint at the next level. But he did tear his ACL in December. Now he's at Mac Jones's Pro Day doing cartwheels in the background. So, you know, he looks like his progression from the ACL injury is going well, but that will be something teams look at because he already wasn't an incredible athlete, an average athlete. So that will affect him some. But, you know, late first round, second round makes sense for Dickerson. Next, you have Wyatt Davis, six foot four from Ohio State. He's got ideal tools in terms of his size, his athleticism. He doesn't have a lot of panic to his game. He's always comfortable and confident, even when things go a little haywire. He has good balance, which helps him stay, you know, balanced during those panic situations. And he does have really good hands. He has good punch and can stop defensive linemen in their tracks with his hands. Now, the issues here is he didn't play as well in 2020 as he did in 2019, but he did have a knee injury that wasn't really talked about a lot, so that could have hindered him. Uh, he's a little bit late to identify some of those stunts and some of those slants, so it's good that he doesn't panic when things go haywire, but things go haywire a little too often because of his ability to recognize what's going on, and he's not really a guy who's going to climb to the second level and dominate linebackers, so I don't really see why Davis is a great fit for the Titans. Next, we have Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma, six foot four, really strong hands. He's a versatile guy who can play all along the interior, and he has incredible experience. Now, the thing is, coming out of Oklahoma, a lot of three-man rushes because of the way they play ball there. Also, wasn't really great at getting leverage on nose tackles because he's kind of a tall center at six foot four. So some of the shorter defensive linemen who could shoot on him gave him trouble. And he's not an incredible athlete at six foot four in his size at center. He's more of a powerful guy, but that versatility will allow him to play guard as well. Next, you have Josh Myers from Ohio State, six foot five. Now he just knocks people out. Incredible finish. Uh, he's good bursting off the line of scrimmage, and that helps him knock defenders out. Gets good movement. He's an agile guy, can climb up to the second level, so that makes him a logical target for the Titans, could fit in their zone scheme. Now, at six foot five as an interior offensive lineman, that's pretty tall, so he can be kind of top-heavy and get over himself, and that uh, gets him unbalanced and off balance and he needs to work on his hands that's the thing uh, he doesn't have great hands he doesn't have great hand technique so that makes him lunge with his hands gets him top heavy over top of his toes and kind of ruins his balance so he can work on that that's a technique issue uh next 
Got to talk about a senior bowl standout from Wisconsin Whitewater, and that's Quinn Miners. Six foot three, 320 pounds. He's got ideal size for a center in the NFL. He's great coming off the line of scrimmage. Great burst. He's got incredible IQ as well when he's climbing up to the second level. Good hand size, good arm size. He's He stays low out of his stance, which helps him drive people off the ball and helps with that explosion out of the line of scrimmage. Now, some of the issues that he's going to have, he doesn't have great agility, so that might hurt cutting off linebackers at the next level. His hands can get a little wide. You want your punch to be inside, inside guys' shoulder pads. They can knock your hands away when your hands are too wide. And, like I said, he's going to burst off the line of scrimmage to try to dominate guys, but he can hunt for the home run a little bit, and that causes him to get off balance, and guys can kind of swim past him. But in the mid-rounds, late second, early third, I think uh, Quinn Miners could be a very good fit for the Titans if they do want to take the value of an interior offensive lineman there. Uh, next, we have Ben Cleveland from Georgia. Now, he is a monster. Six foot six, uh, all the way up to 350 pounds. He's an incredibly powerful guy at that size. Pretty good movement for a guy that size. That's the caveat, but he's got the exact mentality you want. Wants to drive guys into the ground and finish guys every p- play. A ton of pancakes. Now, a guy that size, he can over extend. He wants to get his hands on you because that's where his upper body strength can take over and it causes him to kind of lunge forward gets him off balance like I talked about with a few other of the taller prospects. He's a kill shot hunter as well and when you try to give knockout blows all the time sometimes you don't sustain your block and you can get beat. He doesn't have great feet at that size either a little bit slow footed so you're going to want to see him not in a zone scheme like the Titans more in a power man scheme. Think about Baltimore. Think about the Raiders. Something like that. That would be more fitting, so I wouldn't look at him there for the Titans. The uh, the next guy, though, very similar. Aaron Banks out of Notre Dame, six foot five, a big bodied guy, really strong, but good mobility for his size. Now, here's the thing, though. Coming out of Notre Dame, he had a ton of talent around him on the offensive line. So, is that? a factor to certain teams, but on the flip side of that, the positive side is Notre Dame is an offensive line factory, and he has a ton of experience with different kinds of runs, pro-style runs, so that's going to help him out a lot, but he doesn't have great hands, and he doesn't have great stance or great posture, so he can get bowled over sometimes. Uh, doesn't really stop guys in their tracks. With a guy that size, you would think his hands would be a little bit stronger. The last guy I want to talk about in this section is a guy that you know people who are fans of UT are going to recognize, and it's Trey Smith, six foot five, out of Tennessee. Great mentality, exactly what you want to see. A really good punch, kind of the opposite of Banks there, talking about the punch. He is going to stop guys in the in their tracks when he gets his hands on them. Incredibly versatile guy, too. Can play both sides of the guard position. But here's the problem. He's going to chase knockouts, and that gets him a little bit off balance. He doesn't have great awareness, and I'll explain that a little bit later. He doesn't recognize stunts and slants as quickly as you want. Um... Doesn't have great feet, doesn't move his feet very well. He can move his feet, he has potential, but just doesn't seem very coached up on that. But here's the thing. He's experienced multiple blood clots in his lungs during college. 
And that's caused him to not have a lot of full off seasons to develop some of those skills. Like I said, the awareness, the footwork isn't necessarily there, but he hasn't had a ton of development time because he's been dealing with the medical issues. Now, those medical issues explain the lack of development. So maybe a team can say to themselves, hey, we're going to develop this guy and take the raw skills that we've seen and he'll be a reliable starter. But the issue that you're going to run into is, some teams are going to flag those medical concerns and not even have him on the board because it could potentially affect his career for better or worse. So that's something to consider there. But we're going to get into the late round options next. That kind of covers the day one and and mid-day two, late day two options for the Titans. But this next group, I really think, is where the value comes in for the Titans, especially guys who fit their scheme. Before we get into that next grouping, though, do want to tell you guys about BetOnline.com. AG, the MLB, the MEA, and the NHL all are in full swing right now. So although football's over, there's still a lot of things to bet on. And the fastest and easiest way to place those bets is at betonline.ag. They have real-time updated odds and props on pretty much anything you can imagine, including not just sports, but award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Head to their website, betonline.ag today, or use your mobile device. Sign up for free. Use promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, and you'll receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We are going to cap off. This Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast by finalizing the offensive side of the ball of this 2021 Locked On Titans NFL Draft preview. We talked about two big news stories that popped up that will affect the Titans eventually to start the show. Then we went into the top names at the interior offensive line positions in this draft. And now we're going to talk about some of the late round guys, talking about the fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. Some of these guys might even go undrafted, quite frankly, and could be options for the Titans. But I think there are certain names in this group that could have some incredible value for the Titans. Number one, we're going to talk about Deontay Brown from Alabama, six foot three, three hundred and forty-four pounds. So a mountain of a man, and he has good movement on his blocks. He's going to push guys around, really drive guys off the ball, and at that size, no surprise there. Now, he's played both guard spots, so that's good versatility, and he's really good at moving guys off the line of scrimmage on double teams as well. That's part of being well-coached coming out of Alabama. Now, some of the issues that you're going to have. He's good on double teams at the line of scrimmage, but he's not good at working up to the second level and getting on linebackers because he's not a very quick guy. And for a guy that size and that weight, you'd like to see a little bit more powerful punch. He doesn't do well recovering if he gets beat initially as well because, again, he's not very quick. He's just a powerful guy. So that's going to leave him into the late rounds. And because of some of those issues, climbing up to the second level, being quick, I wouldn't really see him as an option for the Titans, but this next character is a very good option for the Titans if the weight is under control, and I fear that it won't be based on what we saw at the Senior Bowl, but it's six foot one out of Grambling State, David Moore. Incredibly powerful hands, 
had good success in his two games against Power 5 teams in 2019. So those two games kind of tantalized scouts at this moment in time, thinking, hey, if he did that against Power 5 teams, then he'd probably be able to translate to the NFL. But some of the issues that you're going to run into, he plays a little too fast, can get ahead of himself, which gets him off balance and gets him out of position. Also, I mentioned the weight issue. He was listed at 320 at Grambling, but came in at the Senior Bowl at 3 and it's not great weight either. So that's something that, that you want to see get cleaned up. Rather have him around 320, 330 than 350. Also, he did come out of Grambling, so the competition consistently wasn't there to be able to evaluate him, and that's why people are leaning on those two games against Power 5 schools in 2019. Next, another guy who's very interesting, and that's Ole Mrs. Royce Newman, six foot five, three ten. so a big body for an interior offensive lineman, at least a tall body for an interior offensive lineman, but he's got great agility, can mirror defensive linemen on the pass rush, quick feet, agile feet, good movement skills, and very patient when he's mirroring defensive linemen. He doesn't shoot his wad too quickly. He doesn't play his hand too quickly. He allows things to develop, and that's very important to have that patience when you go against guys who have really good pass rush moves in the NFL. Now, some of the issues here, he's very thin, for being that tall at 310 pounds, so he doesn't have a great anchor. He's going to get pushed back against bull rushes, and anchor is when you set your feet, get low, and try to just hold your ground, and he doesn't do that very well. He doesn't have great hands either to help him in that pursuit, and at his age, he's going to be 24 years old. Can you develop those things? Can he put more weight on and more core strength on when he's already 24 years old? Something to watch. Because of that, the Titans may shy away. The next guy would make a ton of sense for the Titans, but the Titans may have to choose him with pick 126. And that's Kendrick Green out of Illinois. He's six foot two, so not ideal size per se, but he would fit perfectly in a zone blocking scheme. Gets off the line of scrimmage very, very quickly with good burst. Can play center, can play guard, and has a ton of college experience. But he doesn't have great length on his arms. And when you combine that with the fact that he doesn't have a good punch, he instead of using one hand to punch and use his hands independently and differently at the same time, he likes to punch guys with two hands. And you leave yourself susceptible to a chop when a defensive lineman chops both your hands down to get around you. When you consistently go to a two-hand punch, that leaves you in that spot. And for being six foot two, he has a tendency to play high, doesn't necessarily climb to the second level very well either. So for a guy who's going to be pigeonholed as a zone blocker, you need that ability to climb to the second level. So that's something to watch. But he has a lot of really good zone blocking traits that could tantalize the Titans at pick 126. Next, Stanford six foot one interior offensive lineman Drew Dahlman. He's going to fit in a zone blocking scheme for the Titans. Again, really good value here for the next few guys. Kendrick Green, now Drew Dahlman. Similar traits, good movement ability, incredible IQ because he's had a ton of experience at Stanford. He improved every single year, which is something the NFL coaches will love to see. He has anchor issues as well, though, because he's not a very big guy. He's got weight issues for being only six. 
six foot one. He has to be stronger than he is, and he doesn't have great athletic ability for being only six foot one. So that's something that's disappointing as well. But those are the reasons he's going to be taken later in the draft. But with his scheme fit for the Titans, could be a good value in the sixth round. Next, out of Penn State, six foot four, Michael Mennett. He's got really good hand placement. He knows exactly where to put his hands on the defender. Incredible awareness as well. Good at picking up slants. Good at picking up different... He's good at helping out his other offensive linemen when they make mistakes and he's hunting for work in pass protection versatile guy can play guard or center because of his size at six foot four now I said he has good hand placement but he doesn't have good hand strength you would hope to see a little more pop in his hands at six foot four doesn't climb to the second level very well which makes him questionable fit in a zone scheme and he's another one of these prospects who's on the older side he's going to be 24 so can you really develop him any more than he is right now the next prospect is a guy who fits perfectly in the Titan system could fit perfectly from a value standpoint standpoint on day three and that I've been kind of championing uh championing championing on social media and on the podcast and that's Drake Jackson out of Kentucky six foot two 293 pounds so he is a little bit on the light side and that's something that's that's gonna need to be fixed he's gonna need to put on some weight but incredible hand placement incredibly uh smart with how he uses his hands can use them independently of each other uh he moves up to linebackers very well. He's not going to move defensive linemen incredibly well, but if he gets his hands on linebackers, he can move them. Four years of experience starting in the SEC against the best defensive line prospects in the NFL. Uh, He's going to fit perfectly in a zone scheme, as I mentioned. Now, he doesn't have a ton of experience in pass protection because they ran the ball a lot at Kentucky. He's very thin, as I mentioned. Doesn't have great length, but that just means that he's going to be a full-time center in the NFL, and I think that he could be a great long-term replacement for Ben Jones as a fifth or sixth round pick. Next, out of Georgia, you have six foot three Trey Hill. Really good size, an incredibly strong guy, and most of all, he's only 21 years old, so NFL teams see him as a developmental project. Now, he's another one of these guys, 330 pounds, but a lot of it is bad weight. He doesn't look very muscular. He needs to really work on his strength and and turn that weight into better weight and less body fat. Um... He likes to use his shoulder to block people rather than his hands, and that's going to get you out of position, get your body turned, get you off balance. It's not going to work in the NFL. Not a lot of athleticism for his size. It's not a great sign there. And he had surgery on both his knees after the year. So when you already have concerns about your athleticism, your weight, you're going to add on injuries to lower to your knees. That's concerning for teams at the next level. Uh, Jimmy Morrissey. From Pitt, six foot three, I think could be a very good fit for the Titans. Four years of experience, great hands, really good patience and pass protection. Now, he doesn't have great size in terms of his strength and his weight. He needs to pack on some weight and turn that into strength. He's not a great athlete, not a lot of power. He's going to be center only, but late in the draft, uh, at, you know, pick 212 for the Titans, pick 230, or Pick 216, pick 232, could make a lot of sense. It's pick 215. I'm killing myself here. The last name I want to mention, seventh round pick, sixth round pick, Tristan Hodge out of BYU, six foot five, so could play some guard, could play some center. 
Good power. He's going to move people off the line of scrimmage. He's got the mentality you want. Three years of starting experience. But he doesn't have great burst off the line of scrimmage. He has wide hands again, which is going to hurt you. Uh, getting into guys' pads, you want to keep your hands narrow. And he may have three years of experience, but only one year was actually good experience. So he's a guy who's going to go late in the draft as well. But because I see him as more of a power fit, don't really see him as a fit for the Titans. But Jimmy Morrissey, Drake Jackson... Drew Dahlman, Kendrick Green, I mean, those would be great options for the Titans to fit their zone run scheme late in the draft, and I do think the Titans need to address interior offensive line depth. But that's going to do it for the offensive side of the ball in the 2021 Locked On Titans NFL Draft Preview. We are going to talk defense in our next installment, but very excited to see who the Titans come out with. They do need to add depth at this interior offensive line group. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always... I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titan.